Welcome to season three of Healthcare Reimagined, the Society for Healthcare Innovations podcast series. Our goal is to showcase innovation in the private sector, as well as within provider and payer organizations and government entities. On Healthcare Reimagined, we share strategies from clinicians, entrepreneurs, health system and payer executives, and business and political leaders who have shifted their models to meet the new reality brought on by COVID-19. Welcome to Episode 9 of Season 3 of the Healthcare Reimagined Podcast. Dr. Shiv Rao is the co-founder and CEO of Abridge, a healthcare company that uses NLP and artificial intelligence to increase the speed and accuracy of medical note-taking. Through his own family's experience with a rare disease and treating patients as a cardiologist, Dr. Rao saw opportunities to improve the gap between healthcare conversations and what happens next. Abridge enables providers to save time on documentation while also empowering patients to stay on top of their own health. And we will get into the details of how he does that during the course of our conversation. Dr. Rao is a practicing cardiologist and previously led the provider-facing investment portfolio for UPMC. Abridge has raised $27 million to date from investors like Union Square Ventures, Bessemer Venture Partners, and Whittington Ventures. Dr. Rao, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Corey. It's awesome to be here. Before we dive into the solution itself, while most people, I think, are aware at this point that the documentation burden is a major driver of clinician burnout, perhaps you can speak a bit more to the specifics of just how significant this problem is. Yeah, absolutely. There is a public health emergency right now where we don't have enough supply to meet the demands for care delivery. And to give you a sense of that, Right now, burnout is at an all-time high. So the American Medical Association estimates that it's around like 63%, and, and that's probably an underestimate. We're, there, there was recently a Journal of General Internal Medicine article that uh, suggested that clinicians need 27 hours a day to do all the work that's required of them. So it, it's, just, it's just insane. Like it's, a, it's an impossible task. And because of that, because of all the work that is on the plates of nurses and, and doctors, they're burning out and they're leaving the field. And so that leads provider systems with a really hard challenge. They need to somehow find a way to help their you know, teams, their, their, their clinicians, their healthcare professionals be more productive. And at the same time, they can't burn them out because that's you know, what's led to this problem in the first place. And so there is a need for a solution and there's a need for technology that can um, find a way to, to, to help. As you have conversations with hospital executives, how does the problem of burnout stack up against some of the other problems that health systems are facing, like staffing shortages, et cetera? Yeah, they're, they're part and parcel, you know, both of those challenges. I'd say labor shortages and clinician burnout are very much like tied together. And if you kind of survey any C-suite executive anymore, I'd say that this challenge is probably their number one problem um, and definitely in their top few. Yeah, I read that during the pandemic, something on the order of 110,000 physicians, like 10% of the workforce left, which which I think is atypical for, for a two-year period. So the pandemic had so much to do with this because on the other side of it, there was just such a boom, you know, in terms of like the need for healthcare delivery. Um, so many patients who weren't necessarily kind of keeping up with their regular 
visits or, or or getting procedures that they might have really needed and so then all of a sudden there's just so much more work on people's plates and there's just there's just not enough people not enough time for sure okay well now let me ask you what is a bridge what does it do how does it help solve this problem yeah a bridge uses generative ai to create summaries and structure information from the largest unstructured data set in healthcare which is medical conversations and the specific problem that we're solving right now is absolutely in relation to clinician burnout we De- we 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 take off the table a lot of the clerical work that clinicians are are dealing with, and so when I think about myself, so I'm a, I'm a practicing cardiologist. I see patients um, every month, and when I see patients, I have to think about creating artifacts, you know, writing documentation, and and going through clerical work that really serves three customers. I see a patient and then I have to write a note, for example, for other clinicians on the care team so that they can kind of get a sense of how I'm thinking about the problems, the the medical differential that I went through in my head. There's a lot of vanity associated with that clinical document too. I want them, I want everyone to know that I'm a smart doctor. And then I also have to create a note and structure data for all things related to revenue cycle. I have to make sure that problems are correctly kind of identified and coded. I have to think about risk adjustment workflows. Um, And then finally, I have to think about the most important kind of consumer in all of this. It's the patient and their family members. They're going to get access to this note via the portal, and they're going to potentially want to call me weeks later or or send me messages that will get inside my EMR inbox about, um, you know, what is a transcatheter aortic valvuloplasty? Because I put that in my note in relation to care team communication. So it's really an impossible task to serve all three customers at the same time with the same note. And that's where a bridge's generative AI comes in because what we do at a bridge, we summarize and structure information and create all the different artifacts for all three sets of customers. So the 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 clinician now can focus on the most important person, just the patient. And so if that note is living in the EHR, how how is it possible that it is all things to all people? Like what's different about it now after it goes through a bridge? So after conversations are processed through a bridge, we're going to create that clinical note. And we're also going to create a version of that note that's sort of like an open note on steroids where we can go through all the medical jargon, we can decode it, we can translate it at a fourth grade reading level. We even have a direct-to-consumer solution that will nudge people a week or in two weeks to just sort of follow through on all the next steps from the conversation that they had with their clinician. So it's a very different sort of you know flow. It's a very different sort of story and value proposition on the patient side versus on the clinician side where that artifact needs to be you know, chock full of medical ease. It needs to be very detailed from a differential perspective. It needs to be very technical, um, also from a coding and risk adjustment perspective. So very different sort of artifacts, and we can create both of them using the same underlying technology. Let's say I'm a patient who just saw you and you're hopefully using a bridge. What should I expect in the follow-up to that appointment? Am I going to receive a link to a, you know, a document that looks different from everything else I've ever gotten from a doctor before? The way we currently kind of engage with the system is we go into healthcare systems, um, we get integrated with the medical record, and then all of those clinicians, doctors and nurses can start to use our technology and focus on the patients in front of them as opposed to all the clerical work that might be distracting them. 
And what those clinicians now will have an opportunity to do is they'll have an opportunity to sort of send a version of that summary from the conversation to their patient. When that happens, we can integrate with the patient portals. We can integrate or we, we could also deliver this in any number of other forms based on who the patient is and what makes the most sense. Because at the end of the end of the day, it's just about helping people better understand and follow through. But we also, also have an app. Um, and that app is something that people can download and that can be connected with our enterprise grade professional stuff. And from the perspective of the system, is a bridge also helping to check some of those clerical boxes around, you know, risk score adjustment and properly coding, all those sorts of things? Yeah. So, you know, when I think about all of those different workflows, I think about um, a prior role that I had. Um, I got to take part in clinical documentation improvement um teams at at UPMC in the past. And a good friend of mine actually still leads that team. And that team would go from clinic to clinic to clinic. And they would do lunch and learns like with pizza sometimes. And they'd sit down with these doctors and they'd try to teach them how to write the perfect note. And they'd specifically focus on the assessment and plan section of the note, because that's where so many, so many of those workflows that you're speaking to really, you know, come from. And those clinicians during these sessions would have like thousand yard stairs. Like the last thing that they want to do is be told how to write a node and how to like break down the differential for any given problem that they're um, addressing um, for the patient. So what our technology can do is, is, is it can standardize all of those sections and every different section, you know, every section of the, of the clinical note to whatever the gold standard is for that healthcare system. So now you don't have all of that overhead associated and all those subsequent workflows around risk adjustment, around coding, around structured data are going to be that much cleaner uh, and more straightforward. One of the terms you mentioned was generative NLP. Maybe you could define that term for those who may be less familiar with it and explain its relevance to your technology. Many of us are familiar with AI systems that produce simple outputs. Um, So just to give you an example, the predicted length of stay for a a patient in the hospital. Um, We're also familiar with AI systems where the output is like a category, like say malignant or benign in relation to a nodule on a CT scan. Generative AI refers broadly to systems whose outputs take the form of more unstructured media objects, like say images or documents. Under the hood, many of these systems are actually built by executing models that serve a more classical purpose. Generative text models, for example, generate whole documents by iteratively predicting what word comes next. But the ability to produce a whole document with desired properties, that unlocks a whole host of exciting applications. And so I'd say in relation to you know, how, we, how I describe this to my own um, you know, parents and, and, and extended relatives, I might just say like, hey, this is AI that's actually going to create content. In the case of a bridge, you have your conversation and then a bridge's generative AI is going to create a clinical note. It's going to create structured data for all of those other clerical workflows. Um, and that is going to unburden you. That's going to help you be, you know, working at the top of your license and on the patient side, hopefully it will help you be the healthiest version of yourself. So is this thing effectively, if I'm the physician taking notes for me, like I, I have my session, it listens to the conversation between myself and the patient. And when that session ends, my documentation ends. Exactly. Yeah. The idea is, 
you bring a bridge into the conversation. You have a normal, um, free-flowing conversation that includes medical topics. It could, it, it could include personal topics as well. And what the technology's job is, is to go through all the different utterances, all the exchanges, and decide what belongs in the note for all three of those customers that we talked about before. And so once it's, once it's abridged through the conversation, it's then going to classify all the information into the, di the different categories of um, you know, content that needs to be populated in all the different fields within the medical record and other systems. But then it's also going to generate prose in the style of a clinical note. And so the idea is that at, when you hit stop on your conversation with your patient, you can swivel your chair, um, look at your medical record, and there's a note draft ready and waiting for you. That's awesome. And, and have you been able to kind of document the reduction in documentation time? Because I'm sure the clinician may want to add a couple words here or there or adjust some things, but have you been able to get a good picture of what before and after look like from the perspective of time saving for clinicians? I was looking at metrics even just this morning and well over 80% of the clerical work is now getting automated by a bridge in the clinician's workflows. And we're hearing from clinicians um, that we're saving them up to two hours a day. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, one of the things you alluded to, you know, there's obviously been a lot of buzz about ChatGPT and the potential implications for healthcare. I was playing around with it a couple weeks ago, and in my non-doctor opinion, it did a decent job of writing a generic H&P. But obviously, a bridge goes much deeper than that. What do you think is possible with AI? And, and the way it's evolving now, looking forward in the next couple of years? And, and how do you think that plays into what a bridge is going to be able to offer to clinicians and to health systems? Yeah, I'd say there are increasingly, it feels like there are two types of companies out there. There's one phenotype of a company that's going to leverage AI in a sort of thin wrapper sort of way, where they're going to leverage technologies like ChatGPT, like you mentioned, and they're going to bake that technology into their existing solution. And at the same time, they're going to do it in such a way that will hopefully create more value for the end user, but their defensibility, their mode is going to be exactly where it was before, probably. Like AI is going to help create a better solution, um, but it's not necessarily going to be a mode in and of itself. Now, there's a second category of company that we call the AI native companies. And those companies are really building a lot deeper in the stack of technologies out there. And so the way those companies like a bridge are going to leverage AI is they're going to oftentimes build their own models, their own homegrown models inside, you know, the, the company itself. They're going to very, they're going to measure, you know, the output of those models in a very rigorous way. They're going to innovate on how to improve those models um, in a very different way. They're going to have a lot more, a lot more control over those models. Um, and from an enterprise perspective, that becomes a, a game changer because what the enterprise customer is going to want to sort of believe in is that this is technology that you can really control and you can really harness and that you can really improve and measure over time. And so that's the stance that we've taken um, is we're as an AI native company is that AI is core to the identity, identity of our company is demonstrated by the people that we recruit, um, by the people who lead all things technology at a bridge. And what they're working on is building technology that can really differentiate from anything off the shelf 
Um, and at the end of the day, I think one of the things that we need to achieve with this sort of technology in healthcare specifically is we need to build trust. And for us, trust is some combination of transparency, reliability, and credibility. And so we try to translate those three things into different um, projects or programs within the company. For example, transparency, how does that translate into the way we publish peer review papers? Um, how does that translate into the actual solution itself, wherein every generated AI summary can actually map all the way back to the audio from the conversation itself, so you can always trust and verify? Um, so those those words mean a lot to us, and, and hopefully that gives you a sense of like how we think about differentiation in this new world where all of us should be using AI in all the things that we do. When I was working for an AI company in the behavioral health space, there was some concern around what happens when a conversation gets recorded that can then be subpoenaed. Are you dealing with any questions like that from health systems? And how do you think about, on the one hand, showing your work, people wanting to understand what goes into the end product, but on the other hand, protecting the rights of, of patients and clinicians and protecting that relationship? So our stance is that it's all about trust. And it's also all about control. And so when we serve a client like a large healthcare system, they have full control over how they want this workflow to manifest within the medical record. So there's one option, for example, where the clinician sees the AI summary and then hits send. It's in the medical record. And then that that essentially expunges or, or, that, or that can kind of clear up all of the AI output. Now we've got the system of truth, the medical record that has the actual kind of note in it. And that's the piece of, uh, of, of information that is discoverable into the future. Now there's could be a different system out there that wants this data to be discoverable for some reason or another, whether it's related to revenue cycle, whether it's um, in relation to medical legal reasons, but they want this to stick around for whether it's three months or six months or maybe in per perpetuity. But as the client, they have that control. They have that ability to kind of work with us and, and make that possible. So there's a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of different flavors out there that we're already seeing in the market. And we're certainly going to um, do everything that we can to kind of fit into all the different um, preferences out there. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have made quite a bit of progress uh, just from the perspective of the number of customers you work with, the fundraising, but looking backwards a little bit, what, what led you to start a bridge in the first place? Yeah, it all comes down to this thesis that when you think about it, healthcare is really all about people and it's all about the conversations that they're having, whether those conversations are in person, whether they're over the phone or whether they're virtually, you know, over, over telemedicine. And those conversations that they're having, they're upstream of all the diagnostics and the therapeutics that I order for my patients. They're upstream of all the, all the experiences, all the outcomes that people have. They're upstream of coding and risk adjustment. They're upstream of, of clinical trials. They're up, upstream of everything. And healthcare, and so conversations are really like the connective tissue for this entire industry. So finding a way to be a part of those conversations, and then in real time leverage generative AI to create summaries and structured data is what Abridge is all about. Because we think it's the highest leverage position to be in in all of healthcare delivery. So when when we started it, the thinking was how can we leverage technology to make healthcare feel more human again? And my dad. Was a, was a practicing clinician and, and he retired because he just couldn't kind of keep up with technology anymore. And on the flip side, you know, we've all been through 
a journey um, with either a loved one or ourselves in, in healthcare. And and for me, my wife and I went through years of IVF with PGD. And one of the things that we learned over those years is that the first question we would ask each other after we left a clinician was always like, well, what did they say again? Like, what was that metaphor they used? Or what are we supposed to do? And um, those ch- pieces of paper that we would kind of walk away from the clinic with never really met us exactly where we wanted to, to be met. And so what a bridge is all about is being a part of all those conversations and then at the end of the day, we want to bring the most important people in healthcare closer together. Um, I had a patient that I saw in March of 2018, around the time we started the company, and she had a history of breast cancer. And she told me about how her husband had come to almost every visit with with a clinician since her diagnosis, and all he did was take notes. And so, in a sense, what a bridge is all about is is helping unburden both sides of that conversation. Um, helping enable them to be more present with each other, helping them have better experiences. Because over time, we want to be able to demonstrate that this is technology that can truly improve outcomes. That's a beautiful example. Uh, Eric Topol speaks about the promise of AI being not, you know, greater technological integration per se, but really restoring the trusted relationship between patient and doctor by removing the administrative burdens. So if you are able to reduce that documentation burden, what does that free up clinicians to do more of? What what does that mean for the clinician-patient relationship? There's this idea right now that, that clinicians aren't suffering from burnout, but they're suffering from moral injury like that that's the thing that's at the that's the that's the real issue that that's at the the core of this public health emergency right now and one way moral injury is described is that you want to do something but the you're you're being motivated to do something that's against you know your principles so for example um i have to see a certain number of patients in clinic and maybe a part of the injury that we sustain as clinicians is that we wish we could spend so much more time with some of these patients and we just can't because we have to keep like the machine moving, um, moving along. And clinicians are dedicated people. And I think idealistically we all go to medical school and nursing school because we want to serve. And so those clinicians will end up looking things up at night. They'll end up kind of punting on a lot of their clerical work and they'll do it after the kids are in bed. Um, and, and we call that pajama time. They'll do that over the weekend. Um, they'll call their patients over the weekend to check in on them. And all of that kind of starts to really take a toll over time. And I think we've seen, we saw over the pandemic, how that can take a toll in a very short period of time. So the idea for this technology is that when this is when this is a part of the conversation, like you should be able to, we should be able to unburden clinicians from from, you know, um, a lot of that clerical work and allow them to just focus on the most important thing and also leverage technology that can be an extension of their best intention to be there for their patient, even when they're not in front of them. So this is technology that can, for example, um, remind patients of of what their next steps are. Um, And it's not sort of clinical decision support. It's not inventing kind of care regimens. It's not like chat PCP or anything like that. This is technology that's simply kind of keying in on what the next steps are from a conversation 
and then layering health literacy on that for a patient and then reminding them and, and hopefully connecting them to resources that can help them better understand, but also better follow through. Now, most of the decisions that are going to impact a person's health are made outside the walls of a provider's office. How is your company helping to bring the recommendations of the clinician that are shared in that initial consult into the life of the patient after they've left the office? Part of the name for the company comes from the the idea of how the technology a bridge can summarize conversations and sort of distill the essence and and also aspirationally what we want to do is build that that bridge or bridge understanding between the professional and their patient as well so you know in, in terms of what a bridge can be for patients we already have a consumer app for example and it doesn't have all the generative ai bells and whistles that we deliver to enterprise clients but anyone can kind of get a sense of of the technology's ability to cer- certainly transcribe conversations and key in on clinical jargon and over 300,000 people use that application and you know they over time have given us this feedback on a daily weekly basis that this is a quote unquote game changer you know in a in a cancer patient's journey that this um is the most valuable thing or tool um for a lot of people who are going through these really complicated experiences within the healthcare system where it's just impossible to keep track you know there's great research from Dartmouth that suggests that people forget up to 80% of what they've heard from their healthcare professional it's just something about how we're wired so using technology that can help them better remember understand follow through yeah we think it can have a profound impact and we think the ability to be an extension of the clinician's best intention um, is is a win-win for everyone involved, not just for the clinician and for the patient, but also for the overarching system. And it reminds me sort of a, of a Medicare program called Health Quality Partners from years ago, where Medicare sent humans to people's care managers, to people's homes after they were discharged from the hospital. And all they would do really is go through the discharge instructions. But that more than any big data analytics initiative at the time, the biggest needle on readmissions. And the way this technology works is essentially like health quality partners, but powered by technology. So this is scalable technology. As long as a bridge is a part of the conversation, we can create initially all that value around clinician burnout, because that is you know, the, the crisis right now that we need to address with this technology. But certainly, you know, we can very quickly fast follow with this patient value, with like payer value, with all the other types of value that this technology can create. Where would you direct people if they want to learn a bit more about Abridge or about you and your work? I direct people to abridge.com and I'd also recommend that people check out, you know, our social media profiles whether it's on Twitter or LinkedIn. Great. And I'll also put the uh, links to those things in the show notes so people can check them out. Well, Shiv, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you for all the work that you've done to to move healthcare forward. Thanks so much, Corey. It's been a privilege. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Healthcare Reimagined podcast. You can learn more about the Society for Healthcare Innovation by visiting our website at shci.org. If you like today's podcast, please click the subscribe button to stay up to date with all our latest content. And if you like today's podcast episode, please send it to others that you think might enjoy it.